Because I feel like if I said, hey, are you going to see Black Widow? They'd be like, no. Or, okay, hey, we're back with see... another episode of <laughs> Am I Wrong for Thinking This with Greg and Susan. Episode four, right, Susan? I think so. Um, and just before we came on the air, we were discussing what we should talk about. And um, Susan volunteered that we could talk about a conversation she and I had off the air um, about movies. And um, why don't, should, should I just read the text she sent me? Sure, just read it. All right, so um, I got a I got a text from Susan and it said um, let's see, when when did you send that? I think, well, maybe last week. Last Last week? Okay. Last Sunday. We, We probably should have had that nailed down better before um okay here we go so saturday um so actually yeah just just over a week ago so susan sends me a text and and you have your text messages so you can verify that i'm reading it as you typed it out (laughs) i will verify you go ahead okay funny thing happened the other night blue bubble what's that we walked into the movies, open paren, Black Widow, and four different Black families walked out. I actually noticed and thought for a minute and remembered Space Jam, dot, dot, dot. Black people don't go to a lot of movies, do they? Or is this a me thing? Blue Bubble. Questioning face. Grimace face. Why Space Jam? Um, and then another blue bubble right under that. I think movies are a big thing with most black people. And then what did you say? I said, well, I said, LOL, because it's basketball and it has LeBron James. Am I stereotyping? And I had to Google which basketball player (laughs) was in it. And then I said, um, my next blue bubble actually is something else I had been thinking about along with movies. I was like, movies and church camp. Did you go off to church camp? So... For me, and um, well, well, let's let's go ahead and and, and get my finished. response. My response <laughs> yeah. was, "LOL, yes, yes, you are," and that was in response to her question, "Am I stereotyping?" Yeah. Now, me that. personally, I don't like the concept of movies for various reasons, and I think it's well documented for those who know me that I don't understand the premise of paying money to go sit in a dark place with strangers. Um, and so that that's where we were and then we got into a discussion about COVID and we decided to table our COVID conversation for today so um that's your text message when you sent that text message and you asked am I stereotyping when my response was yes yes you are what did you think I already knew I was stereotyping. I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and make it obvious that I know I'm stereotyping because, and then I, I kind of think about the other factors or the other variables, which is where I live, right. which might not have anything to do with it, but it is a little, it's more, it's Texas, it's college station. I think we, that's a, a given. It's a, a very white city, but right. I've also grown up in very white cities. And so for me, Typically, when I see the black community coming to the movies, I'm like, what movie is it? Because it, it, 
because I also have wow. black friends where I'm like, I ask friends, like, have you seen this movie? No, I haven't seen it. Like I could list movies to you and you say, no, I haven't seen that. But you don't go, I don't to, go movies. to movies. You never go to movies, yeah. but you watch movies. Um, Not really. You don't. No, I don't watch movies either. Yeah. I can't detach myself from reality long enough to actually enjoy the movie. So Correct. Yeah, we should work yeah. on that. So, <laughs> But this goes back to who I am and how I grew up. And I don't know if it's known yet, but like you and Narda, I'm sorry, you and your wife are one of very few black friends that I've had for a long time. Right. Like, I have a lot more friends who are black and that I've spent time with since my family moved kind of in different areas on purpose, which we had talked about just to kind of be in a different place of where I grew up. Right. So when you think about it visually for me, when I walk into the movies and that's why I said it, because I was like, wow, I really noticed that I noticed <laughs> a, a couple come out, a family come out, another family come out and they, so, every family was black. But So they were coming out of the, they were coming out of the, just a general Mm-hmm. like the lobby area is what you what you you saw right yeah they were leaving the movie area so you could tell a movie had just but they were the only ones that were kind of walking out so i was like huh i wonder what it is and so i thought space jam because I, I thought lebron james <laughs> well no i wonder what movie it is right but it's not that far-fetched if we go back to the, the Academy Awards and the big movement to like, how come everybody in movies are white? How come all leading characters are white? We want to see more black people in movies and leading roles. And so that's what also brought me to the fact of maybe I am stereotyping, but I'm not picking up on something that isn't been picked up on before. So I'm not scared to ask that now because no. we've talked, you know? And and I I think the only well I think one of the one of the stereotypes that I see is that it, it seems like you've equated Space Jam to be a quote unquote black movie. No, just LeBron James in basketball, and he's a, <laughs> well because he's a big figure in basketball, and it's a basketball movie. So I'm thinking, but, hey, but people are taking why, their kids to see this. Why basketball? And I think I asked you that, right? No, I asked you why Space Jam, which was yeah. really I was asking why a basketball movie. <laughs> you were uh, just asking, like, let that, me set her up with her answer. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's a pretty pretty big stereotype that because it's a movie about a basketball, black people are going to flock to it. I don't now, know why that I will has say to be this. If it were a movie a about hockey, they were probably not a lot of black people uh, flocking to the Mighty Ducks and Mighty mm-hmm. Ducks 2 um, or, or the Bobby Orr story for that, for that matter. So, I mean, and here's the thing about a stereotype. In every stereotype, there, there's just a hint of truth. You know, Eddie Murphy did a bit about that that I can't repeat <laughs> on our podcast, <laughs> but it was pretty funny, and I remember it to this day. Um, so I, I guess that there is some truth to your stereotype, but I think that maybe just assuming that because there was a basketball in the movie and there's a black basketball player in the movie that black people were going to be naturally inclined to go see that movie? 
Okay, I don't, I think you jumped on the fact I said basketball. And for me, when I think of what movie is out, I immediately thought of the basketball player who's black. I'm like, who is that guy? Because I know Space Jam came out. So it wasn't so much a movie about basketball. I don't think Space Jam is about basketball, is it? Isn't it just they play? I think it's about the aliens play the um, humans or the, the, it's it's far-fetched. In so many ways that I don't even I don't even know what the movie's about. I remember Michael Jordan starred in the first Space Jam, and right. now LeBron James is in this Space Jams. And the only right. reason I know that is because I I think I saw a YouTube clip on it or something. But right. I, so- I, I I never saw Space Jam with Michael Jordan, and I will not be darkening the doors <laughs> to see Space Jam with LeBron James for certain. <laughs> So I don't think I'm going to watch it either because I'm not interested in it because I, my kids are older and I told them no cartoons ever again because I can make that decision. Right. But, but I go back to the visual for me. And that's what I think this our podcast is about is just the obvious me noticing three black, black families coming out of the movies and me thinking, wow, what movies are there? Because the friends, like we have one friend that we worked with for the past eight years and I'd always go, hey, have you seen this? She's like, no (laughs) and it was more and she's black and it would be this like no Susan I didn't see that and my thought is like is it because they're all white in the movie and there's there's nothing really similar and like just like our family is rewatching Frasier right now and we think it's hilarious but it's very apparent that (laughs) I'm like but it's it's very white but it's funny so I just don't know Frasier was one of my most favorite shows it really was yeah. Until I, found always... out, until I found out Kelsey Grammer was like this right wing <laughs> zealot, <laughs> crazy guy. And then I, I stopped watching weird. because I, I was watching the, um, the, the syndication shows. I, mm-hmm. I really like Frazier. I mean, of course, I, I think I may be a, an anomaly when it comes to that because I love Cheers. I love Frasier. I love the Golden Girls. You know, so. <laughs> you, well, and that's what's hard because you are somewhat of an anomaly because Dukes of Hazard was a really cool show we talked about when you yeah, were younger. Yeah, it just doesn't hold and, off though. I mean, no, no, but for us when we first <laughs> met and what you would talk about in shows and what you're talking about now, it's not that you're black and I'm white. It's just that we both kind of grew up in that TV era and we watched those TV shows. Right. 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 And how, how on the one it, hand, it was innocent. And, it, you know, it was just, they were, those were innocent times and you could just sit down and enjoy a show. But when you go back and revisit those shows later on, you're like, I can't believe I watched that. <laughs> You know? Some of them, yes. <laughs> and Dukes of Hazard again is first and, and foremost in my mm-hmm. mind. Uh, you know, as, no, as which I... we we worship a car called the General Lee, <laughs> whose horn was programmed to play the fight song for the Confederate soldiers who were fighting to uphold slavery. So again, it doesn't really hold up. <laughs> No, and I don't think if the remake came out this year, anybody would actually go see it. I agree with you in the sense of when you look back on them. But I want to go back to the movie because while I am walking in and noticing more Black people in the movie than I normally see, I'm also conditioned a little bit from the past decade of 
Academy Awards and discussion about it being important. And so I'm like, hey, I wonder what movie's out. So it's almost like I'm thinking, I'm thinking better and I'm noticing and being aware, but then it kind of turns out I'm just stereotyping, which I don't think is true. I think it's like, I'm actually being aware and talking about it, but maybe- I, I don't, I don't think the fact that you were watching or that you became, that it became cognizant to you of, of hey, this is sort of, not in the norm to see, you know, four black families exiting the movie theater like that in rat in in succession, especially given the area of of the world that you live yeah. in. Yeah. So yeah. I don't I don't think that's stereotyping at all. I I think the only reason I I called stereotyping and <laughs> is, is when you said, oh yeah, Space Jam, the basketball movie, which is part of the reason I put basketball in there because right. it's an obvious it's an obvious stereotype but it for me it was like oh yeah it's lebron james mm-hmm. they're gonna take their kids to see him he's a role model he's important so, to see so right so what movie I, I, I don't even know what movies are out right now um and, and i really didn't know movies were still a thing I thought that COVID took care of all that. <laughs> no, people started going again. Like we went oh, to see, okay. yeah, but we love we love movies. And... Okay, so you have you have um, the Jungle Cruise with The Rock, who I assume is transcendent anyway. Like everybody goes to see him in movies, right? I guess so. Like and I'm not going to know a lot of the movies. And you have the Black Widow, which is what which, we saw. Okay. Um, and then the rest of this stuff is, are, are these like real movie titles? Yeah. Yeah, they are. They're terrible. All of okay. them are terrible. Cruella, Chinese mm-hmm. Doctors, The Conjuring, mm-hmm. The Devil Made Me Do It, In the Heights. Uh-huh. Okay. All no, right. there's, there's, there's sort of a theme of scary horror awesome to go see movies and we don't see anything like that so i don't know a lot of the movies that are out which is a little bit of why i was wondering i don't see why it's so bad and maybe that's what's bad is that bad i don't well i'm I'm just i just think that it's it's just as it's just as likely that they could have been going to see the black widow as it is that they were going to see space jam now having said all that Odds are pretty good. They were probably going to see Space Jam. If if what I just read is the sampling of of movies out right now, I mean, they all seem like that they would just be horrible. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, they were either going to see the Black Widow or, or Space Jam. I I do think that it's it's good that things like that register with you now. I mean, because I think that's part of your. I don't want to say evolution. But I think it's part of your your journey. (laughs) My journey. I I don't know. (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess. Yeah, that's a good flail. I think it's just noticing, like church camp. Like I, I took, I went with my kids, and this is a rule I broke from five years ago. I said I will never go on youth group events with you. I will never go off to camp and be that parent who's there because I'm terrible at it. I hate camp. I don't care what kind of camp it is. I hate it. I don't want to go. I don't like being trapped somewhere. So I really don't like it. But I said I would go on this one. 
And um, this was out into the Colorado backcountry. So you went hiking and you had to hike out, take all your food and what you take out, you bring back in and you can think about that. It's not so much fun, but it was fun, the hiking and stuff like that. But I, it just really made me think because I grew up with a youth group and, and they were, it was, it was horrible. I had a terrible experience with youth. Um, it was like, there were kids who, some who got, were suicidal a little later, just cause you just had so much bullying and anger and right. Preacher's kids beating up kids, all the popular kids being mean, especially to us kids who went through divorces and all of a sudden had no money. Like it was, it was miserable. And um, so that's the other reason I don't like to go because I'm going to have a little bit of a thought about what it's going to be like before we go, even as a grown up. But um, end of story, kids were awesome. Kids were wonderful. There was no bullying. There was everybody connecting with everybody, which is really kind of cool. But then I kind of thought, I don't know. I just thought about a topic that we were, that we talk about and I go, do that was such a 70s and 80s thing to go to camp you know right. in the town that I lived in and once I was old enough to go to camp we were too poor so I would just hear about all the girls going to really cool camps and coming back or or going to church camp or Longhorn camp or I can name all of them because like Camp Mystic like I still remember them from 1985 but I don't was that like a white thing? That seems like kind of like, or was there, or is it just because of where I lived? Like, because it was mostly white people and you, I don't know if they had youth um, in church camps. I can. I think that there's a different type of camps that, that most black children gravitate toward. And those are, are more so the day, day camps, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think that there's probably a long line um, of, of black kids going to, to camp. Now, my daughter has informed me that she will be going away um, on a two-week um, camp next year. So, really? Yes. Um, <laughs> she, she informed us of her intentions to do that. <laughs> so... <laughs> so. so- Maybe that's more of a, like, I just wonder about the culture and I wondered about it in the 70s, 80s, which was very different, you know, where do you send your kids yeah. and when do you go to camp? Well, and so socioeconomically, day camp is different than going to camp. And I was, you know? I was just about to say the same thing. I, I think in the 70s or, or 80s, the reason that you, you saw such a disparity between the races at camp is that. There were there were not a lot of black families that could afford to send their their children to camp, you know, because camp was pricey. I think camp still is pricey, oh, from, from what I understand. Like, yeah, and, and it's, so it's expensive. You know, if if you're just trying to keep the lights on, you know, and and you're living in in the inner city of of New York City in the late seventies, early eighties, or even now, you know, you're sleep away camp for a week is the last thing on your mind you know <laughs> so well right but so and that's not really that hot of a topic but I really just did wonder about things like that because there's a whole culture of right like youth leaders who grew up in youth grew up going to camp like our youth leader actually was like hey this is the church you know we slept on a church floor halfway there because it was free so you just go in and sleep on the floor with your sleeping bags which I didn't know about that part I don't want to do that <laughs> but he's like, I slept here at this church when I was in fourth grade because we would travel up here all the time. And I was like, so on my, I guess, as you will call it a journey, like my head just 
it has more questions in it when I experience things. And I just wonder, I'm like, that's a big difference in culture when you think of the black culture and the white culture in, in, I I don't know whether it affects them. To tie it into the movies, my, my (laughs) daughter watches a show called the babysitters club or something Mm -hmm. like that. And like, I, I was watching one with her and they were going to camp and there was like, you know, there's there's always <laughs> the 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 token black kid at the camp. You know, <laughs> there's always and, a cutie, you know. right? <laughs> but the, but the storyline is always and, and just like facts of life. You know, the storyline yeah. is always oh well, her dad is a successful doctor, or her parents are successful doctors, or a lawyers, or something like that. You know, they give they give her a really good glowing backstory. And it's almost like that's the justification as to why she could show up at this otherwise all, all Caucasian or, or European <laughs> yeah. uh, camp, you know. So, you know, uh, the subtlety of that is 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 deafening by its uh, by its obviousness. So, right. Well, that's that's the visual. That's the imagery of when I look back growing up, the one camp I did go to, I hated it and didn't even make it through. There, they were all white kids. I mean, that yeah. mass, there's like a mass image. I know there's a term for it and I got to look that up, but it's, it's when you notice, you have to have a certain amount of people to notice that, that person and what they look like. And it's just, it is, it's always, it was all white and it was right. all, so you just visualize that and assume, and then there's one black person or there's one you know, Indian person, which for us kind of started to be the one little girl from India or little boy and still kind of see that. I mean, and and again, like you said, I I think that the the reason for that was more, had more to do with with the um, socioeconomic Mm -hmm. aspect of it than anything. Now, we would go to like 4-H camp you know yeah. <laughs> things like that so <laughs> you know that yeah. that was a way you could you could go to camp you could go to 4-H camp you know yeah i wonder if it's really more about we we didn't talk a lot about the mix of socioeconomic or economy and race and how intertwined they really are and how i think they really affect they affect what you see and what you're thinking yeah which one is which that, one is it 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 affects every single aspect of of life in America, and and people a lot of people don't want to hear that, and you know they will say, well, you stop playing the race card or something like that, and it, it's not playing the race card; it's just stating an an obvious fact. It's it's mm-hmm. sort of like the debate that's now quote unquote raging around CRT or critical race theory, you know which there's honestly no debate. There's really just a lot of information that's being put out there to try to fan the fires of the political storm that's coming up in 2022 and 2024. But nevertheless, I mean, you know, just because you don't talk about it doesn't mean, one, that it didn't happen, two, that it's not happening, or three, that it's not ingrained into everyday life. And and I think that the social economic aspect of racism is that's that's ingrained in in the fabric of everything that we do, whether it's you know going to the movies, making movies, going to the movies, going to camp, 
you know, being able to go to camp, wanting to go to camp, all of that can be broken down along racial lines, I think. They can be they can be broken down in racial lines, but I don't think they're broken down on who's racist and who's not. Right. And I think that's that's what's important to note. And that's what I learned a lot from you when we first started talking is a lot of I think white people want to go, oh, I'm racist. You know, we just we're just ingrained racist because that's just and to me that sounds like if we're talking about critical race theory, and I have, I just remember one headline about critical race theory that just, all the other ones just kind of blend together. Um, But it was one where it's like, they're talking about a six month old being racist. And I'm like, I don't understand that. And that's a little too far fetched for me. And that's probably my newsfeed filling what they think I want to see. And I'm like, no, I don't want to see that. But that's the part that kind of throws me is it's not, racist it's it's the visual stuff that I'm talking about that I'm just used what you grow up seeing and then just working through what you're seeing like me just pointing out that there are more families coming out who are black from a from a movie theater and also there's a lot of little kids coming out so I'm like what what movie is giving a a of all these black families to take their kids to see a role model which I'm going to assume is black I mean which I think is a good thing um I mean, if I liked that kind of movie, I'd take my kids to see it, but I don't like that kind of movie. <laughs> but I think it it does come the, with critical race theory and what we were talking about. I think just coming back to what we are used to seeing and what we grow up seeing, that doesn't mean I'm racist. It means that I just have visualized races so differently growing right. up and shifting it to, to visualizing it. My kids visualize it different than I do. And hearing them talk about it is, is, you know, am I saying that I agree with the critical race theory? I guess that's a question. And I don't know, because I've honestly read a couple parts, tried to understand it. And it's, I'm just, maybe I just haven't taken the time to really understand it, but, and maybe I just don't. Yeah. Because I, I would, I would ask which, which aspect of it, because people act as if, critical race theory which it's a theory first of all theory. Mm-hmm. and so people act as if it can be packaged up into one neat you know tidy package and say okay this is what critical race theory is and and i i don't think that it that it can be i i, I do think and i i do know that it's been taught in universities for years it's been taught as as part of of college curriculum for years now maybe not in certain universities but in in most of the uh, liberal art campuses it's critical race theory is is a class that's been taught for years and it's not so much of you need to know that because you're white you're a bad person because you gain the upper hand because um of bad things and you're you're inherently bad no i think what my understanding of it is hey, we need to have these conversations and we need to be truthful with ourselves, one, as Americans, and two, as a race, as to how America is in the position that it's in, why one one, one race may be marginalized more than the other race, and, and what were the historical events that caused those things. So Right. Well, and that's I think just it's underlying fear. I think 
everything going on right now is underlying fear. If I wear a mask, you're going to, I'm going to tell you that I'm giving in to like we, in our earlier discussion, like I'm going to give in to my personal right, or I'm going to give in to, you know, that I think it's all based on fear. And, and I think everything that we, as for me, as a white person, I'm not going to respond for anybody else who is, but I just know for me, like I talked to you earlier about listening to the 1619 project, I still I haven't gone back and listened to all of it, but as we listen through it, there's fear in me that just speaking my mind about just the, I think it's interesting to learn. Yeah. It wasn't just the white people creating everything. Like we are completely dismissing an entire race that has had a huge impact. And right. And, and it, you know, and it's not just one race. I mean, you know, no, it's, there were other yeah. races creating too. And, and I, I, I guess the, um, the the thing that makes you kind of scratch your head and and actually not even scratch my head but maybe just give a, a wry smile is is how intent people are certain people are on ensuring that that type of information the fact that you know one race did not create america or one race did not build this um there there's a certain contingent of people that are just so fearful that the, that the, that mm-hmm. fact will come out and be told to the younger kids because yeah. i mean well, let's let's be frank you know when i was when i was going growing up you know all my history books you know the, the people that i would view as heroes now they did not appear in the alabama history books okay <laughs> i don't think they appeared in a lot of the books but what if we think if you just think about it and you think what if African-Americans came to America and they didn't come as slaves and they just mm-hmm. came as a race who knew that they could come over here for freedom and have, or just start a different life and a new life. And it was started by the founding fathers. Amer- you know, ever all is the same, but it was populated in a different way. And everybody just started working. Everybody started producing. Everybody became successful. Someone else invented the light bulb. Someone else invented this, you know, how would we view black people then? I think it would be completely different. It would, I don't think we would go, no, 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 no. I still, well, I have no idea. This is what I kind of think, but I don't think we would be still fighting for the fact that we're the founding fathers and the other race did not like that. It's no, almost I, like, I think that that, think, I, I think that <laughs> you think would, they would, <laughs> not only do I think we would still be fighting, I think it would be a much worse situation. I, I think that America would have splintered in two long ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, See, but I, I just, I would hope for it to be different. It's interesting because you're right, though. It does seem like it has to be. We found it and everybody else, because there are a lot of other races. Now, granted, they came over first, but that doesn't mean, I don't think that, it almost makes it look like, I always start talking like this. And then I think later, like, what did you say? <laughs> what did you think about this? <laughs> because well, as it's, I'm just... it's just that, it's just that um, the Native Americans are, are like just mm-hmm. right there, you know. That, that's the elephant in the room. We're talking about, yeah. you know, Africans coming to America and starting to work, mm-hmm. and we're talking about Europeans coming to America and starting to work. But what we have to remember is that we neither race owned any of this. Nope. <laughs> so, so I mean, that in itself again, leads to a discussion about critical race theory because, 
you know, if we start talking about manifest destiny and, you know, how America took shape and things like that, we cannot have that conversation with acknowledging that we literally, and I say we as Americans and not we as a race or me as a person, we literally took this land from the inhabitants. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. You know? it didn't happen with everybody. We didn't just come along and go, oh, hey, you're here. Can we be along with you? I don't know. Right. I think that's sad, but it, it just, it reminds me of learning more about history and talking about history now and maybe just becoming more grown up and, you know, paying more taxes. So then actually really understanding the world and seeing how we're all affected by everybody. Um, I mean, th th think about the audacity of Ponce de Leon <laughs> and these other explorers who mm -hmm. sailed across the ocean, landed in, I think he landed in what, Florida? And then stuck a flag in the ground and said, we proclaim this land on behalf of the Queen of Spain. As he was surrounded by indigenous people who had been here for generations, and he just came in and said, we're going to take this land. Christopher Columbus, whom I hate and never met. I know. So, I know. Thank yeah, we goodness you go never met. <laughs> we, we won't even go down that road. No, I, <laughs> but I think just it's one just... of a long line of people that that did that sort of stuff. So my question is, we know that we know that that when we look back on a lot of these decisions, we see the dark side of man. I mean, we just do. We see the the dark human some of nature of man. You and I do. The kids in school who are never going to look any further than what they're taught, the only thing they re they will ever know is that in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Yeah. That's what well, they will I know about Columbus. They will not know that he stopped at every island along the way and, and raped, pillaged, and, and, and killed, you know, and, and that he was lost the entire time. Well, they may know that. I think they do teach them that. I think they teach <laughs> some of it now, but I, what you're saying is, I think I had a good point. Um, <laughs> we know that that is the, we see the dark human nature of people. We see the power come up. We see them take over and go, oh, we have this land. If we take over, we'll do a better job. We'll just get rid of them. We're seeing the darkness of that. But man, I got to find my point as I finish my sentence. Why does it, why did it work so well? Like, why is, I mean, we do well, love our country. We do who, love what's for provided. Who did it work well for? Well, let's just talk about the here and now. <laughs> <laughs> because not, whether sorry, or not, not that kidding. worked well is all a matter of perspective. <laughs> yeah, that is a little bit humbling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying as a group or as a race. I just think as a country, if we look at America, I mean, yes, we know that I think we have to get out of that. If if I had to choose, I would I would choose America. I, I have gone back and forth in the last several years with like, I don't know, maybe we could just pile in and go someplace else, to be honest with you. Because I don't know, have you ever watched the, the, the Great British Baking Show? They're just so stinking nice on there. Everybody is nice, every show. They never wanted anybody to lose. They help each other. They care about each other. Of course other. it is. They produced television show that probably goes through 50 takes before it's aired so no that it's may different not be based in the biggest the, the biggest oxymoron there is is a reality show 
<laughs> well, no, my point is if you compare it to any other reality show, it always ends up being hateful and spiteful and mean. And I want to be the one on top. And this show, you just, that's why we watched it. We watched it twice because it was just so refreshing and everybody's the, so nice. But that's so fake. Reality no. shows are so fake. Yeah. You should watch that show. That show is actually not, no. they're, bake, they're baking, shows, Greg. They, they're baking. It's not that big a deal. Reality television <laughs> is how we ended up with the 45th president of the United States. No, we did not. It was social media. I blame social media for all of this stuff. And reality shows just made it even worse. I, did, I agree with you in the sense of reality shows and social media are horrible, even though I want you to listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that we will promote on social media <laughs> <laughs> i've told i need to get back on that and put it out there in our social media in all fairness my family has no social media except for this the podcast and our business we have no personal social media oh, you across guys are, the family are you off social media we have no social media and my really? kids are six. My kids are sixteen, and they don't want social media. We offered one social media per kid, and after about six months, they're like, "Yeah, I'm good." So, did you guys just you just made a decision? Hey, we're we're getting off social media. And... I think it's like the only really one good thing I'm real confident in that I did as a parent, and it worked. We just kept saying, "No, not yet, not yet." no, you cannot, we're not going to let you do it. And then we kind of share what other happened to other kids and how they were experiencing it. And like my daughter's best friend's parents actually allow her to have her phone with our daughter because mm-hmm. she knows that our daughter does not do any social media and she's right. safe with her. And, right. and they, they don't carry their phones around. They actually forget their phones in places and they have the nice phone every time we get an update. Like we don't mind updating because I like knowing where my kids are. Right. And so sure. they... They do not, they are not affected by it. In fact, now they, they actually are really proud of it. When people go, Hey, do you have Instagram? She's like, no, I have no social media. And our son's like, Nope, I don't have it. And I'm like, wow. So we think it's a positive. We just, we have to figure out, it makes business hard sometimes because we actually don't have a business web, a business social media for, for our private practice. Yeah. At all. Um, because we think it's one of the things that creates more clients for us, <laughs> actually. Yeah. So we don't really want to promote. Yeah, it. and that, that's what but, I was going to ask. I mean, are are, are your are your people who would be seeking your services? Mm-hmm. I, well, actually, I guess you're right. That would be fertile advertising ground for you because they're just mindlessly scrolling through social media, and then, are... hey, there's an ad for <laughs> for your your counseling yeah. service. Yeah, no, we, we've actually had several situations happen where I have a client come to session and she's a woman, say 65, 70. She came in one day. She's like, hey, your husband um, friended me on Facebook yesterday. And I'm like, no, no, he wouldn't do that. That would be really unethical and weird and, yeah. and inappropriate. And she's like, no, he really did. And I go, nope. So that was the moment I said, you're shutting them all down because it connects everything and it assumes friends and it creates robot friends or something like that. And that's when I was like, nope, we're done. So we actually don't do any social media. And, and honestly, I think it keeps the negativity down, but it, it also helps us just explore what's going on in the world without it being so tainted because we do learn about what's going on in the world. We do talk about it. We just talk about it. We don't go, Oh, Hey, go get Twitter and see how everybody else talks about it. And, right. um, and that comes back to the whole Hannah Jones. What's her last Hannah Jones. 
Nicole Hannah-Jones for the 1619 Project. Like I was listening to that and enjoying it. And I didn't think politically about it at all. I was just learning. And then I see the article pop up about um, they're not granting her tenure and they won't give it to her. Or she And I didn't know which side it was on or which side was creating what negativity, but it just tainted the immediate listening of the show. And honestly, I never read any of the articles Mm -hmm. and I, I did support the fact that she should be frustrated that she wasn't getting tenure, but I also never knew that she wasn't a professor and had never taught before. So as a former faculty or wannabe faculty in the future, I'm like, that makes no sense to just, Get to, so, but I'm also against a lot of the whole so-and-so did a really great job for 20 years. So here's your doctorate. I'm like, no, I, I, think, I, I, I don't like aware that. that something that a person could do. <laughs> it is. You can go get like Oprah Winfrey has four doctorates in something. Oh, you mean honorary doctorate. Honorary so. doctorate. Yeah. Okay. So I don't, that part I have a little bit of a hard time with. I understand experience is one thing. So that in itself, just the news and then the conversation about it. I'm like, no, I just want to learn the history. So I right. think that's a lot of the problem is, is the news and, and, the, and, and just how we, we talk about the other side. It creates me not wanting to learn more about you. And I liked how she did her podcast because she taught me about her. She didn't tell me what I was doing wrong. I learned that just fine listening to her. Sure. <laughs> like I didn't need her to tell me what I might be thinking or doing wrong. Like, oh yeah, I guess you're going to do a basketball movie. Well, that's just learning about who you are and what you've seen all your life. Again. And, and by journey. the way, yeah, by the way, we're really, we're really tall people. My whole family was basketball. We loved basketball. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like only black people play basketball. <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't. I just, again, that that's a stereotype that's out there is that basket black people love basketball, you know? And yeah. Well, there's also a stereotype out there that tall people love basketball. And I remember my brother James was like, if one more person asks me while I'm walking through the mall, if I play basketball and he did play in high school, but he, it's always like, how come you're not still playing? Cause I don't want to play. I'm just tall. Right. Like <laughs> you're tall too. So he might get that. Yeah. And I, I mean, know. you know, that's just, I, I think that just comes with being tall. It's also, um, you know, that is your stereotype. You know, it's mm-hmm. everything is, but again, there's always a, a nugget of truth to every stereotype. So. Well, that's what we teach people in our private practice. Sarcasm is about anger. It's not about joking. Because right. there's always truth about what you're making fun of someone for or jabbing someone for. Absolutely. And, and that's okay if you're both good with it, but it's still a form of, it might be a form of, you know, there's also a little truth. I, I agree. <laughs> All right. So we're going to have to end our show because we have the rule of no longer than 30 minutes. And right. We've, we've hit our time, everybody. This has been a little bit of a smorgasbord. <laughs> Yeah, show. yeah, we're we're all over the place. There probably won't even be a title for this episode. It'll probably just say episode four. <laughs> but well, I think I think we're probably going to have to name it basketball and church camp. But that's just me. That that's a, that's actually a, a great title. That's what we will call it: basketball and, and church camp. Um, yeah. And then we're going to we we purposely stayed away from the discussions about mask and covid mm-hmm. but depending on how the numbers continue the trend that may be something that we need to discuss again um, well it'd, it'd be also really great if people would ask us to 
talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We love feedback. So once I get all of this out to social media in the next day, we um, or the next two days, maybe we'll get some feedback on what they'd like to hear. I, I, I would just just toss this out there so we can be thinking about it for our next episode. The people that are holding up the My Body, My Choice posters okay. to be anti-vaccine. Yeah. Now, does that, do they believe that that transcends across everything or just vaccines? Why, are you asking me in general or am I just supposed to something know? for you to think about and then we can discuss it next time. Well, I will read about it and let's talk about it because I haven't okay. seen the, the signs, but yeah. Well, we were we were in New York last week and there was a uh, anti-vaccine protest, which New York yeah. is sort of a liberal area. So the protest was really about eight people. That, <laughs> <laughs> that were they were just talking protesting? really loud. <laughs> so they were they were pro- they were anti-vaccine saying we don't want to get the vaccine. Right, right. And they were That's marching kind of dangerous through. They were marching through midtown at like 12 noon you know (laughs) and i I kid you not everyone including myself just kind of glanced at them and and like if you blinked you missed the protest you know (laughs) so we we drove by we should do that inform our viewers of what protests we have going on i didn't have that obvious well i guess you could have that where i'm from but i had a cuba freeing cuba we drove by there was some some of those up there too we had one thing I will people. say about that is when the Cubans took to the street and, and blocked traffic in Florida, they were applauded by by politicians. However, when people took to the streets and protested the murder of George Floyd and police brutality, they were called thugs and it was suggested that the National Guard be called in. Yeah. That so what's be a topic, different about those two <laughs> protests? I don't know the first protest. I've never heard that one. The, Where the Cuba, the Cubans are in the street blocking traffic for what? Uh, to be free? Protesting about Cuba, yeah. And which, oh. if they're in America protesting, they are free? Yes, but I would assume they are free, but I don't think that's a valid argument to compare both of those. Those are completely two different issues. And at oh, first I disagree. I want, I, I'm first, not talking about the issues. I'm talking about the methodology. Because well, the issue that most people have, that a lot of people have with supposed issue that a lot of people have with the, with the Black Lives Matter protest was the manner in which they were protesting. Because they were in the street stopping people and the way they were protesting. But I still right. think you're pinpointing people in the street, people in the street. I don't, I don't right. know. That's my because thought. Because those, those are the, those are the two things I'm comparing. The, so they were the specifically Cuban Americans in the street versus the African Americans in the street. Well, but I don't think that they simply said all of the African Americans are thugs because they're in the street, or the Cubans are in the street, so they're doing okay. Like. I think that you're making it too narrow. I think there's a whole bigger picture with the African-Americans in the, you're talking about the riots, right? Well, see, I don't view them as riots. You view, I use wrong terminology. You view them as protests. Or or did you? (laughs) There were riots. There was rioting. Uh, There was looting. Okay, so we have our topic for next time. Oh, God. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We will see you (laughs) next time on Am I Wrong for Thinking This? All right. Bye, everybody. See you next time.